0: Listen up SPLC, Hamas is an international terrorist organization, period, designated that way by our Department of State. On October 7th, members of Hamas raped women, burned and beheaded babies and children, and mass slaughtered innocent civilians that resulted in an Israeli death toll of approximately 1,200 people. They didn't attack military targets. They attacked vulnerable women, children, the elderly, the unarmed. Israelis, as well as Americans, both Jewish and non-Jewish, are now on high alert. There are many Second Amendment lessons to be learned from these recent attacks and arguments to be made to refute the false narratives spouting from the corporate media about Israel's supposedly loose gun control restrictions. But, you know, we're gonna use this as an opportunity to also present a more positive solution with action. Israel's defense forces have advanced technical skills that a particular individual, Yonatan Stern, Founder of Hirev Gidan, I hope I said that right, Israeli Tactical Training Academy has been teaching to Americans for over 10 years. We interviewed Stern recently and he offered unique perspectives that are seldom found in the corporate media. We're going to explore why Israel has such strong defense and tactical units and examine the harm being caused by the lack of gun rights in Israel. And this week's Twitter for Today Modern Militiaman Spotlight is on a man who stopped a home invader at the door the would-be victim promptly defended himself along with his wife and child who were inside the home. He propelled a few rounds and his hot beverage at the intruder and sent him on the run. Welcome to 2A for today. My name is Zoe. Yonatan Stern was born in Israel in 1984 and he joined the Israeli police at age 16. After growing up in Hebron, where he witnessed constant terror attacks. At age 18, he joined the Israeli Defense Forces, the IDF, where he served for three years. He then attended college, where he studied government and counterterrorism operations before moving to the United States in 2007. Several years later, he founded the Kherev Gidon Israeli Tactical Training Academy, located in Wayne County, Pennsylvania. Kherev Gidon means Sword of Gidon, Sword of Gideon excuse me, (laughs) referring to the military leader, judge and prophet, whose victory over the Midianites is recounted in chapters six through eight of the book of Judges in the Hebrew Bible. Stern brings a unique and remarkable approach to firearms training that draws from his experience as a veteran of the Israeli defense forces to help address what he sees as some weak spots in Americans firearms habits. Though there are many more gun owners in America than Israel, U.S. citizens can learn a lot from the advanced tactical skills unique to the Israeli Defense Forces. Obviously, American military forces recognize that Israel has a leg up on tactical skills. The U.S. Marines even trained with elite groups from the IDF in Israel in 2021 amid tensions in Iran. Stern says that for years, the IDF doctrine has also been studied and adopted by law enforcement agencies, other branches of the United States military, as well as military and police forces in many other countries.
1: When I was in the the IDF, I remember in basic training, we had uh, Army Rangers that were training right next to us. You know, we were sharing cigarettes with them and comparing weapons and stuff and chit-chatting with them. While there are
0: headlines on Fox News about MMA and NRA-trained rabbis teaching self-defense to the Jewish people, Stern takes his qualifying process a step further at his technical training academy. Everyone he hires at Khedav Gidon is an IDF combat veteran who is highly skilled in the Israeli combat shooting doctrine. The Israeli military not only has effective combat strategies that other countries can learn from, says Stern, but they also are dedicated to certain safety practices that aren't as customary in countries such as America. Stern explains that the number of accidental or negligent shooting discharges in America is a huge factor that contributes to the stereotype of unstable American gun nuts, which the left-wing and anti-gun media cite as a reason to implement more gun control. According to the John Hopkins Center for Gun Violence Solutions, Accidental gun discharges account for 37% of non-fatal gun injuries. One practice that Stern and other gun-toting Israelis have learned from the IDF and Israeli police force is not to carry a firearm with a round in the chamber. Stern says that many American or NRA-trained shooting instructors put a strong emphasis on accuracy in shooting sports, which is very important, but these instructors neglect another very important aspect, involved in training for defensive firearm skills. I never let anyone
1: draw from a loaded chamber, and I, I never let anyone point a firearm at anyone, etc. Et These are things that you have to focus on that unfortunately uh, a lot of the training in America does not emphasize.
0: Why are Israel's tactical skills among the best shooting and fighting skills in the entire world? Israel has
1: been essentially at war nonstop for the past 80 years, since its inception and actually even prior to uh, independence. He went on to explain how even prior
0: to Israel's establishment in 1948 as an independent state, they were fighting Arab terrorists and the British. And then following Israel's independence, the country has dealt with ongoing warfare with Arab countries and Palestinian terrorists. There have been brief periods where things quieted
1: down a bit, but. There's never really been a, a long-term uh, pause in, in combat. And so when when you when you're constantly doing something As a nation, as a military, as a security force, uh, for that long, you kind of get pretty good at it. If you're worried about gun control in America, you wouldn't want to be
0: an Israeli citizen. The Second Amendment is basically non-existent there. And this has been the case since Israel was re-established in 1949. In fact, as a recent article from the American Thinker mentioned, the second law that the Israeli legislature passed in 1949 was the confiscation of all firearms and munitions. According to BBC News, about 2% of private citizens in Israel own firearms, as compared to 30%
1: of people in the United States. Out of those 2%, those lucky few who do have a firearm license in Israel, it's only good for one pistol. Once again, no rifles, no shotguns, just one measly pistol. Corporate media on both the political
0: left and right have been deceptive in their coverage of how tragic the armed defense situation truly is in Israel, according to Stern. Articles such as a recent piece from The Reload entitled Israel loosens gun laws after unprecedented terror attack paint the picture that Israeli is becoming more two-way friendly since the country has been invaded by terrorists. The article discusses Israeli Minister of National Security's plans to broaden gun licensing standards with measures such as replacing in-person interviews with phone interviews for gun carry applicants and an increase from 50 to a hundred rounds of ammunition that a gun owner is allowed to possess.
1: Whoop dee do! That's a that's a huge improvement. You know, you're you're up against you know heavily armed terrorists. You know, <laughs> 30 of them with AK-47s, and you've got now you have a whole a uh, whole uh, 100 rounds of 380 in, in your little uh your little you know Glock 42 do so you think they stand a chance if you have your little pistol and your 50 rounds of ammunition or even a hundred versus these guys that have got RPGs and grenades and AKs with hundreds and hundreds of rounds I mean to call it an unfair fight is really even a a joke and um, and so again rifles which is what's really effective in dealing with situations like this rifles are totally banned but
0: the problem is that according to Stern,
1: so few people in Israel are even eligible to apply
0: for a gun permit. A few conditions that could make you eligible for a pistol permit are if where you live is considered a frontline settlement, and if you held a high ranking position in the police or military. And even then, you can apply for a permit and be denied without an explanation of why.
1: I lived in a frontline settlement called Kiryat Arba, which is next to the, the city of Hebron. It's in the the smack in the middle of the West Bank. We were getting shot at all the time, surrounded by Palestinian terrorists. I applied, I was eligible to apply, but they denied me without giving a reason. You know, th- that's the problem when you're dealing with a bureaucracy and, and, and you have these uh these power-hungry bureaucrats, they just they don't like to look on your face one day. They just decide no. Contrary to the narrative being shaped by much of the
0: media. Stern insists that Israel has not rescinded gun control as a result of Hamas terrorist attacks. And in some ways, gun control is getting worse during
1: this time of war and not better. Uh, The left-wing media is trying to paint Israel, Jews and Zionism in a very negative light. They're trying to show uh, Israelis as, as violent you know, oppressors and, and Nazis and fascists and all this and that. And so they're taking this footage of uh, rifles being distributed to members of um, IDF commanded uh, armed response teams, which which are being formed. They've, they've been many for a while and they're forming more of them. And they're taking that footage and, and basically trying to twist it for propaganda purposes to say, oh, look, IDF, the IDF is handing out weapons to these crazy settlers to go and massacre Palestinians.
0: Stern says that some right-wing and pro-2A media outlets are just as guilty of deceiving the public with these same images of the IDF handing out rifles to military members and twisting it to appear as though the government's arming citizens. And just like many political conservatives in America, that they may be in fear of losing gun rights and freedom of speech as a result of their views, there are politically motivated disarmaments going on in Israel during a time of war. Stern is responsible for bringing to the attention of 2A for Today, as well as Firearms News, the story of a security coordinator in a small community on the West Bank, who was
1: an IDF combat veteran that was issued an M16 by the IDF to protect the settlement. And then recently, Israel Shinbet, which is the equivalent of the FBI, uh, but it's also sort of like a political police kind of like the KGB would have been in the Soviet Union that monitors people's uh you know communications and monitors their political activity they didn't like this guy because of his political views he's a is a right winger who's outspoken he's conservative he's been critical of the government um and um they decided that he is not someone that they want, that they believe should, should have the right to defend himself or his community. So they ordered the IDF to confiscate his rifle, his M-16. And that left him. He was the only person in the settlement that had, had a firearm. And that left his entire community exposed and vulnerable. After Stern drew attention to
0: the story, other people that were disarmed in Israel for similar reasons started reaching out to the press
1: and on social media, expressing that the same thing happened to them. This is treason to disarm your own people on the front lines in, in the midst of a war. That's, that's the, the worst betrayal that you can do. But the good news is that some sort of action is taking place thanks
0: to Stern's exposure of the corrupt political establishment in Israel. A coalition of MKs addressed a letter to the Israel Security Agency demanding previously confiscated rifles be returned to the residents of Judea and Samaria. What needs, the Stern believe should be addressed for both current and would-be Jewish gun owners in America? He says that just as Hamas in Israel is a foreign enemy to America, these pro-Palestinian
1: protesters in America threaten the safety of Jews, and they are a domestic threat. People are saying that this is uh, Germany in 1938. There are Jews who are afraid to leave their homes, uh, Jews have been attacked. Uh, Jews have even been killed. There was a Jew, a uh, Jewish man who was murdered by one of these, quote, pro-Palestinian protesters at a rally in Los Angeles uh, just over a week ago. Uh, there was a Jewish school in Montreal, Canada that was hit by gunfire. Uh, there was uh, an attempted ramming attack uh, by a uh, an, an Arab woman, uh, uh, Muslim woman against what she believed was a, a Jewish school, There have been multiple instances of graffiti, anti-Semitic graffiti, physical assaults against Jews on campuses and off campuses. There are massive, massive rallies uh, on a weekly or even some cases daily basis by violent Hamas supporters. Stern says the
0: clientele of Charev Gidon, Israeli Tactical Training Academy, is made up of about 90% Jewish people from the tri-state area, as well as Christians and other friends of Israel. Charev Gidon also, trains in Florida and Arizona, where they see a higher percentage of non-Jewish clientele. All these clients are eager to learn effective self-defense tactics.
1: We've had a huge, a huge increase. You know, maybe a five hundred percent increase in demand from from specifically Jews since October seventh, and since since all this violence against Jews and rhetoric against Jews in America and across the world has started. Stern
0: says his clientele makeup also includes law enforcement personnel, such as
1: SWAT officers and sheriffs who are eager to gain expertise from IDF veterans. It's intense training and we, you know, it's things that we can train people who aren't necessarily the youngest or the fittest, but you have to be invested in it. You gotta be motivated and you have a a willingness, you know, uh, to take the time and the effort. And we train these people and they're going back to their communities and they're, uh, some of them are becoming armed response teams uh, for their communities. And now for our 2A for today, Modern Militiamen Spotlight.
0: A man arrived at his home in California after a trip to the gym. Unbeknownst to him, there were two armed intruders sneaking up behind him. The would-be victim, who was a concealed carry holder, sensed the attacker approaching him from behind and he immediately threw his hot beverage at the attacker. Then he quickly pulled out his firearm and started firing shots. He even chased the intruder into the parking lot, most likely because he was fearful about potential harm to not only himself but his wife and child who were inside the home. Firearms training, Quick reflexes, good instincts, a loaded weapon, and a hot coffee are a good recipe for surviving an attack. (laughs) His father and husband is particularly brave because he made sure to secure the area to prevent them from coming right back for revenge. Keep in mind, castle doctrine and duty to retreat are features of the law in most states. So learn the law, get prepared and govern yourself so that you can live to defend another day and not have to spend any time behind bars to do so. That concludes our program for today. My name is Zoe, post your comments or questions, and we'll try to address as many as we can as fast as we can in the coming weeks and months. Thank you for watching 2A for today. YouTube had a few words when they canceled us. We had a few words for them. No more.
1: Do more. Subscribe today and get 25% off your first year. TheNewAmerican.com